On my money about uh, IRS bank levies, uh, Free Now asks, how does the IRS know where you bank? They say, I had my bank levied upon by the IRS. I never gave them my banking information. I never received a 1099 from my bank. As my account doesn't gain much interest, I can't imagine the IRS receive a 1099. Does the IRS simply call or write banks where you live to find out where you bank? Um, the answer is yes, they can issue summons uh, to banks requesting information about you and your financial records and your bank statements and things like that. Um, can the IRS simply put your social security number in some kind of computer database to find where you bank? Very strange. So that second question, the answer is no, it's not quite that simple. Um, however, the IRS does maintain its own database uh, of what it calls levy sources uh, for a given taxpayer. It says levy source data comes from a variety of sources, and many of these uh, you mentioned free now, right? Uh, informational returns, right? Forms W-2, 1099s, estates, uh, if you have any you know, dealings with a state that runs through a bank account. Uh, this one's interesting, credit bureaus. You may see the IRS doing an inquiry uh, for, your for your credit report, right? So if you have um, a, a credit card, right? IRS will see that on your credit report and um, they could uh, kind of piece things together about where you bank. They could maybe even issue a summons to that bank where we have the credit card Well, where the payment's being made from. There are ways. Uh, the IRS has some pretty awesome powers when it comes to this type of stuff. Oh, and guess what? Other third parties. <laughs> that could be literally anyone out of uh, the 7 billion people in the world, right? Or is it more than that now? I don't know. Uh, the, the taxpayer, right? Like when you, when you call them up and sometimes they'll ask you, where do you bank? Uh, checks, right? So, I mean, they have this whole, you know, levy sources um, part of the IRM where it kind of goes into this stuff. But, I mean, to answer your question free now, no, it's not like they have this like supercomputer database where I type your SSN and it spits out, um, you know, your, your bank account. But they, they have pretty awesome powers in getting that information and piecing things together if they want to. Uh, in fact, and I've been wanting to talk about this uh, Supreme Court case for a while, uh, earlier this year, uh, the Supreme Court decided this case, Pulselli versus IRS, and um, it was all about, the, 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 the whole case was about a guy who owed taxes and the IRS issued summons to various banks, Wells Fargo, I think Bank of America, Chase, not for his accounts, right? But for his his wife's accounts and his lawyer's accounts, right? And uh, in this case, um, the taxpayers were trying to say, well, you know, this was not right for the IRS to do this without providing notice because the tax code says when you uh, summons third-party information, you got to provide uh, notice, right? But the IRS said, uh, 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 no, this falls into one of the exceptions, right? And I'll, I'll pull it up here. The uh, IRS said, no, 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 we don't have to provide notice uh, as required under this section because this was an exception, right? You don't have to give notice uh, to, to any summons. Um, <clears throat> issued in aid of the collection of an assessment made or judgment rendered against the person with respect to whose liability the summons is issued, right? So because this summons was issued by an IRS revenue officer to aid collection of an assessment, uh, they said, well, it falls within this exception. Um, the, the taxpayers were saying, well, no, this exception only applies if the taxpayer 
uh, the person with respect to whose liability the summons is issued has an interest in the account, right? So you'd have to give notice if it's the wife's account, which where the taxpayer doesn't have an interest in it, or their lawyer's account, right? Uh, and, but this, and the Supreme Court agreed with the IRS. They said, no, you didn't have to give a, a notice in that in that situation. Kind of on this note, to, to kind of answer free now's question, you can kind of see these other exceptions in here, right? So you don't have to give notice to any summons uh, issued to determine whether or not records of the business transactions or affairs of an identified person have been made or kept, or issued solely to determine the identity of any person having a numbered account, like a bank account, uh, with a bank or other institution, right? So yes, that tells me the IRS does issue these summons uh, to banks periodically to uh, learn who banks there, right? But kind of getting back to this um, Pulselli case, I'm sorry if this bores you, but I've been wanting to take a, talk about this case for a while um, because it 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 bear you know it's not very often that like tax collections cases go to the Supreme Court. This one did, and I've been wanting to talk about it for a while, but I haven't really found the opportunity. So uh, entertain me uh, here. So let's go. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts wrote the opinion. Uh, so basically, here's what happened. Uh, Remo Polselli underpaid his federal taxes to the tune of about $2 million. Um, he had a revenue officer assigned, Mr. Michael Bryant. Okay. And uh, Bryant developed a few leads in his search for assets that Mr. Polselli may have been concealing. Right. Uh, and Bryant focused on bank accounts belonging to Mr. Polselli's wife. Oh, it's unhighlighting. That's interesting. Okay. And also uh, bank accounts for uh, Polselli's law firm, Abraham and Rose. So Bryant issued these summons, you know, to all these banks for these things. And he did not provide notice to any of the third parties, right? The wife uh, or the lawyers. Okay. And um, basically, the taxpayers are saying that they, sh they should have uh, given them notice. And the Supreme Court said, uh, nope, uh, that's not the case. No notice was required. Um, and this is kind of uh, interesting language here that uh, Roberts used at the end. We do not dismiss any apprehension about the scope of the IRS's authority to issue summonses, right? Because this is pretty uh, far-reaching authority, right? Like if I owe the IRS money, okay, so, and they're trying to get money from me, wow, they can... Uh, they they can issue they can issue a summons they can fi find out where my wife banks and then issue like let's say she had separate we have joint accounts but let's say she had a separate account and then issue a, a summons to her bank for her bank information right even if I'm not on that account and they can do that to my lawyers that's some pretty invasive stuff folks right and I, and I hope you would ag you would agree with me on that uh, and uh, you know the court recognize this, right? And they say, as we have said, the authority vested in tax collectors may be abused as all powers are subject to abuse. That's from this case. Um, tax investigations often involve the pursuit of sensitive records. In this case, for instance, the IRS sought information from law firms concerning client accounts, as well as the, the wife's account. Um, and basically, but they said, well, you know, even so, even with these apprehensions we have, um, the, the, the focus here was, did the law say that they would have to give notice if they're issuing summons to the wife in the law firm? And um, the court ruled no, right? Because that's, that's not what the law says, right? Um, and Roberts kind of leaves this kind of uh, discussion here for another time. Right, he says, you know, this is not the case to try to define the precise bounds of the phrase in aid of the collection, right? Which is the statutory language um, in over here, 
right? If the notice is issued in aid of the collection of an assessment, right, then you don't have to give uh, notice, okay? So anyway, folks, sorry if that was a little bit boring. Uh, personally, I think this is pretty scary. Um, you know, that, that the IRS has this power and now this power has been, uh, you know, affirmed by the Supreme Court. Um, who knows what else they're going to try, right? Especially as they get more money, as they uh, are going to have some more manpower rolled out here in the next 10 years. Uh, I'm not saying this is necessarily uh, a bad thing, right? Um, you know, people should pay their taxes, right? Tax crooks should be caught. But for those of you, you out there who are watching my channel because, you know, you owe the IRS or, or you know you haven't filed and they're probably going to catch up to you eventually, um, I would say, yeah, this is, this is some scary stuff right? And even from a broader perspective, the whole privacy thing, right? And that's acknowledged in Robert's opinion here. I mean, where is that line drawn, right? And Robert's kind of left that kind of open-ended, like that's, this isn't the case to, to, ha to have that, um, uh, try to define what that means. Anyway, uh, interesting stuff. Thank you for the question. Free now. Uh, it is a good one. The IRS, yeah, they can, they can, they can ask banks for your information, whether or not you bank there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have some other tax relief videos on the left-hand side of your screen. Uh, if you have uh, unfiled tax returns, you owe the IRS or your state a lot of money in taxes, give us a call 866-8000-TAX or fill out the form at our website, choicetaxrelief.com, uh, or you can click the free consultation button there at the top of the, the website, and uh, we will reach out to you. All right, thanks so much for watching, everybody. I'll see you in the next video. Bye-bye.